Welcome to Around the Craft Table, a podcast by film students about movies, making movies, and other stuff. I'm your host today, Mitch. All right, everybody, and welcome back to uh, our podcast, Around the Craft Table. Uh, I'm going to be your host today, Miranda. Um, Mitch is not with us today. He is on set um, till the wee hours of the morning, so we're going to be entertaining you for the duration of the podcast. And I'm joined here today by my friends, Miles, Jermel, Will, and Luke. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Good. Hey. Well, that's good. How was everyone's day today? It was all right. Yeah. I watched Didn't Jesus work. get crucified, so that was good. Yeah, yeah, so did I. Yeah, so did I. Oh, yeah. A couple of us uh, were watching the Last Temptation of Christ uh, in class today, so that was that was pretty exciting. I've I've never seen it before. Neither it was a new I. experience. <laughs> I thought it was a little preachy, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's to be expected from a movie of that of that content. <laughs> he's, kind of, he's kind of a martyr, if you ask me. I don't know. Unlikable, uh, unlikable of... protagonist. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of Bible in it. I don't see Jesus is like the first superhero. Yeah, he, like random powers. I mean, really, he was uh... well, not not in this one. You're actually a pretty sad character. Oh. Yeah, like I felt bad for him. Like when he was tricked by the devil, that was that was pretty sad. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, yeah. Not, oh. not everyone here knows the Bible yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler. Okay, spoiler warning, guys, but Jesus get crucified. That's what happened. I spoiled the main character. Dies. God! Fuck, the guys. Main, the main character dies in the Bible. <laughs> oh, guys, stop spoiling the Bible. You're basically spoiling Harry Potter. Okay, let's uh, move on. Wait, 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 wait. Um, what? 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 Spoiling Harry Potter? That's her, that's her Bible. It's about as well known. That's her Bible. It's about as well known. Anyways, okay, we're well, gonna continue. Well, I mean, is it though? Yeah. Wait, are you yeah, okay. wait, are you comparing Harry Potter's the Bible, or like, are my no? Out and that's so incredibly offensive. Not, Come just, on, guys, that's so like <laughs> offensive to like Harry Potter fans around the world. Just in popularity, that's what I was going for. I feel like the Bible's more popular than Harry Potter. Oh, I don't, no. I don't know. Have you I seen? Don't know. Uh, I don't, have you I seen? Don't know, hot, honestly, have you seen Hot Topic? Hey, you don't see any Jesus merch in there. There should be Jesus merch. I see a lot of Harry Potter merch. <laughs> Jesus is my homie. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about the Oscar nominations that were released recently in our exposition section. Um, Luke's going to lead us on this one, so uh, take it away. The Oscar nominations came out, guys. Did, like, has everyone seen them? Yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. Took I took a... Uh, what, 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 what do you guys... Yeah, like, what, what is everyone's initial reaction? Mine, mine was, I thought, like, both Baby Driver and, like, James Franco got got snubbed yeah. for uh, for obvious reasons. And I just wanted to know what, like, what everyone's, like, opinion yeah, on was, that is. Yeah, I was is. looking at it. And, um, snubbed for what? Well, in general, just to put everything into pr- uh, perspective, uh, James Franco and, uh, had allegations against him for uh, sexual harassment. Uh, and same with Kevin Spacey and Baby Driver. And that's, a lot of people are speculating that's the reason that Neither of them were represented well at the Oscars this year. Mm. Um, James Franco for uh, Best Leading Actor, and also, I guess, uh, both movies for Best Picture. Yeah. Like, they both... Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I, 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 I think they're both really good. Like, I've seen Baby Driver, and uh, I've seen uh, The Disaster Artist, and I loved them both, and I thought they should have been nominated for more. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I haven't seen The Disaster Artist, but I have seen Baby Driver, and I definitely think that it was... Like, even though it came out, like, earlier in the year, and it seems like a long time ago that we'd seen it around, I still think that it was a little bit not represented as much as I thought it might. Um, Yeah. Dunkirk's nominated for quite a bit, actually. I honestly Um, wasn't surprised that the two got snubbed. I didn't... Once I found out, that is... And I say that because Hollywood's as much a political machine as it is like an art machine and an entertainment mm-hmm. machine. So for, sure. for them to do something like that under the under the the guise of being politically forward, and I'm doing air quotes when I say forward, it doesn't surprise me. Oh, yeah. It also could be could could have been a PR disaster for them. Yeah, I was I was expecting it, but I was just. Kind of disappointed in it because I think both those movies were. Just, Baby Driver is my favorite movie this year, and I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture at least. It is still nominated for like uh, a couple editing and sound design. Yeah, uh, which makes sense. Which makes sense because it's fantastic. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. Personally speaking, I don't. Edit. I wouldn't put it as a nomination for best picture. I think it fits well in best editing and best sound for those things. But out of all the movies that I saw this year that are nominated, I don't think it's up there with them. Yeah, I would uh, agree like, with Jamel. If you compare it to like you know the best the movie that I feel was snubbed in best picture was uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I would have to agree, honestly. Yeah, that actually really surprised me as well. Cause that movie, it's not on here nearly as much as I assumed it would be. Yeah, because like that movie, the whole time I was watching it, I was actually feeling jealous of it. I was like, I, I wish this was my movie. <laughs> I have to, I, I do that all the time, dude. I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. What? what? I, was like, I kept saying that in my unfair. head. I was so amazed by it. And I was just like, I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> like, just skimming the nominations here, it's nominated for cinematography um, for Roger Deakins. And then I'm just looking. Uh, uh, is yep, that visual it? Visual effects here. Like, sound editing. Like, oh, sound mixing. Mixing. Sound mixing. Yeah. yeah. Production design. Um, so it's nominated for a lot of technical and things. And then visual but effects. Not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's actually so weird. It's weird like it's weird that it's nominated for things that to the average moviegoer don't really matter. Like Well it matters if it's not there yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If it doesn't have good sound, no, no, the average totally. moviegoer is gonna be like, like totally. if it was filmed in some guy's basement then like no one would watch it, right? It's like also Oh no, I, yeah, absolutely. But like I do my own foley in in my basement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have a budget of five million for audio. I'm gonna do it in my basement. And then po pocket I'm the rest, the rest yeah. in, my, in my yeah. I'm gonna pocket I, the rest. Pocket four point nine million. I just want to point out that I'm I'm really excited. Like as a female filmmaker, that Greta Gerwig is nominated for best director. Um, is, she's apparently like. What is it? Uh, the fifth woman ever nominated for best director in the history of wow. the Oscars. So I think that's really awesome. That's that's crazy to think about. That's I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, Oscars, that's like Os Oscars have been going on for where's not ninety ninety years, and like the fact that there's only been like five women, like that's crazy to think about. Five nominations, not even five wins, like. One, only been only, one, so, one sorry, only not only five nominations for for best um for best director director for for women yeah so i think that's really awesome that we got one in there and ladybird ladybird is like very um has been really well received and has really good reviews so i'm like kind of crossing my fingers there but i don't know if it it'll I, yeah, happen i haven't seen it but i've i've heard really really good things actually i haven't seen like Honestly, like most of these movies, I hope uh, Jordan Peele wins. Yeah, director. like I, I'm, I'm like I'm super happy with how how great that movie is doing and how everyone loves it. And I don't know, I, I think Jordan Peele and uh, he's from Keen Peele, so him and like Keegan Michael Key have been so good for so long. Like I'm happy to see them get represented. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just it's, it's it's good seeing like comedy people like get some sort of like recognition has anyone seen sorry uh personally my vote would be christopher nolan because he's <laughs> actually never been nominated for best director believe it or really? not no, like the guy who made inception the dark knight has never been nominated for best director when i found this out i was like what and in my opinion dunkirk is a really well directed movie that movie super polished and Christopher Nolan's one of those directors who, whether you are inside the filmmaking sphere like we are or not, you can you can see that he has a complete grip on every corner of his movies. Yeah. So for him not to be nominated at least once prior to this is kind of frustrating as a fan of movies. I don't. I'd be happy with anyone winning because there's still Del Toro and then PTA are all mm -hmm. nominated too. So like, I would be honestly anyone ha winning Best Director, I'd be happy with. Has, has anybody all. seen Phantom Thread? I haven't seen no. that. I haven't yet, but I want to. No. I'm a fan of the end. I haven't seen any of the movies nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> ah, so bad. You should see Dunkirk. Dunkirk, get out. I, I do want to see. Get out's really good. Get out. Has anybody seen Three Billboards? No. 
Oh. I did oh, the oh, other man, day. For, I would like to see that. I did the other day when I went for a walk down the street. I mean, <laughs> does that count? <laughs> Let's go. No, the, the one with Willem Dafoe. The one with Jesus. <laughs> The one with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, where's Last Temptation on here? He's Green Goblin. <laughs> and Jesus all at once. Oh my god, Green Goblin is Jesus. I kn- he also played that guy in the, the murder on Orient Express. I forget the character's name, but he, uh, he was, was good uh, in it. He was the fake German. He was also uh, yeah, the fake also German. guy um, from John Wick. I forget his character's name, but... John no, Wick? No, not, not John Wick. The guy yeah. who died is not John Wick. <laughs> he is John Wick. Yeah, he plays not like John Wick. That's the character's name. Like, a couple times. He plays anti-John no, Wick. No, he's not anti-John Wick. He's like John Wick's <laughs> buddy and then, and then dies because of it. Spoilers, sorry. Um, but Hey, man, that's, that's the expectation when you listen to a podcast from a bunch of filmmakers. Shit's going to get spoiled. Yeah. So That's true. Um... um He's also in Death Note, which is really fucking oh, yeah, weird he, uh, to say that. He plays the uh, like the the demon thing, right? In Death Note. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. What? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Willem Dafoe is the devil. Oh. Because then he's the uh, devil, hello. and he played Jesus, so he's. he's, he's oh my god! It's like everything. <gasps> The greatest actor. Oh my god. Ever. Speaking of Willem Dafoe, he's also nominated for the best supporting actor for the Florida Project, which is a film I've heard some things about as well. Um, and then there's also some other, you know, big names in here. Christopher Plummer, Woody Harrelson, um, Richard Jenkins, Sam Rockwell. Also just kind of skimming down here as we go. Um, Ooh, Sam Rockwell is a fantastic actor, actually. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about uh, like that original screenplay and cinematography? I, want, I feel like uh, sorry, Lady, Bird, Lady Bird could win original screenplay. I don't know if it'll win best best picture, but I could definitely see it winning it like a screenplay thing because I've heard the writing's really good. I agree. I want Roger Deakins to win for best cinematography because he is the DiCaprio of cinematographers. He's been nominated fourteen times. Wow. And lost yeah. every what? time. Uh, it's, that's, yeah. I I really I really want him to win is, for is Blade like, Runner. Like yeah, the, the Leo. from a technical perspective, <laughs> you just watch Blade Runner. You're just like, oh, what? I mean, the man got consult got asked to consult on how to train your dragon. So like, also uh, Rachel Morrison for Mudbound, first female nominee for cinematography ever. I haven't yeah, seen I Mudbound, but good for her. That's great. Yeah, that's super great. Like, even if she doesn't win, that's, like, still amazing that yes. there's nominees happening in the cinematography uh, department. Yeah. Yes. And there's two There's two females in the original screenplay. Emily oh, Gordon really and uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, mm-hmm. So oh, my votes... Oh, Vanessa Taylor. Oh, yeah, Vanessa Taylor. There's three, yeah. Mm-hmm. My yeah. votes for uh, screenplays, uh, original screenplay would be... Um, Either Lady Bird or Get Out. Mm-hmm. That would, yeah, I was gonna say Get Out yeah, for those me. Those would be my two, because Lady Bird, um, the script itself. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking um, away from the f- actual film, but the script itself, from what I hear, is extremely well written, and it's it's a really good script. Um, and then for adapted screenplay, my vote would be Logan. Yeah, um, fuck that movie. Really so good. good. Story. I just noticed this, and it's it's. Kind of like tangenting back up the list, but um, I was just scrolling through this. Kobe Bryant is nominated for one of these Oscars for an animated. Yeah, show. along with along with Glenn Keane, who is who is one of my favorite animators ever. He's one of Disney's. I think he's one of Disney's nine old men. Oh my god! I didn't yeah, notice that. Yeah, <laughs> Kobe where, Bryant where is an is Oscar nominated animated short. short. Oh my oh isn't god! That, like. I kind of do we want to do predictions for Oscar oh, I, night? I'd, I'd lose. I haven't seen any of these movies. And then do a follow-up show and see how bad we all did? I think we should We should definitely do uh, like a prediction show a little bit closer to the day. It's, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. Uh, and then kind of do our, you know, our two cents on the results. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's looking good. Uh... I hope, yeah, um, for film editing, I really does that, don't know. Does that, does that disaster wins best uh, adapted screenplay? That's just yeah, that. that would be good. Yeah. I wanted to win something. I like that, that movie so much. It was so funny. Yeah. 
I don't know why. Well, I guess I do know why Blade Runner isn't nominated for Best Editing. It's nominated for Best Sound, Editing, and Mixing, though. And Production Design. Man, Production Design. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a big one. The world. So, like... Yeah. Go on, sorry. We've got, we've got Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Blade Runner 2049, Beauty and the Beast, and Shape of Water, which, like, all are really good in their own way. Um... I don't, I don't like the I don't see it, but I don't well, think it's from a production design perspective, it's not bad. No, yeah. Even still, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of it. Like that's just, I don't know. I, yeah, like just because it was, I like the original one so so much. Like just anything that they change and just the fact that it's going to live action just that's kind of fair. No, that's, I don't like it that's much. fair. I just when I was watching, I was like, well, everything looks really relatively consistent and like very clean. So I was like, okay, well, they definitely put a lot of work into it, but yeah, yeah, if it's not your style, fair enough. I really hope. I don't know. Just because I've watched these two movies this year, like Blade Runner or Dunkirk for me. Blade Runner would be do it for me. Either Blade Runner yeah. or Shape of Water for me. Uh, Shape of Water had a really good um, a 50s design to it. It felt very vintage and old-timey, but also modern. And it just had that sort of elegant um, rose petally feel to the entire production design and they nailed it. Blade yeah. Runner 2049 though, the entire world is amazing. Each time that they go to a different place, it has like its own palette and its own sort of look. Like when he went to Batista's farm, <laughs> Batista and his super small glasses, um, <laughs> he the whole, the whole place looked very sterile and that, you know, this place is supposed to be full of life but here you are in this white gloomy gray place and then he he goes to um i almost said han solos uh he goes to uh, he goes to deckard's place and then it's this rundown casino and then there's a lot of red radiation to it and then it's 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 it stands supposed to be out. Vegas. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be like Vegas. It stands out so much. The entire... Or San Francisco or something like that. And the thing yeah. about Blade Runner's production design is I wonder, and I don't mean this is a knock, I have a genuine curiosity, for how much of that world actually existed physically and how much of it was built through special effects. Because um, the special effects in that film all the way through are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably go hand in hand in this case. That's why they were nominated for both. Yeah, absolutely. Kinda, the production design made the special effects not look stupid, and the, then vice versa. The yeah. the VFX held up the production design a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. As for um, Dunkirk production design, I Jermel and I were talking about this before that we started rolling on the show, and I just feel like he shouldn't it shouldn't not win but again Christopher Nolan is so in control of his movies that I just expect stuff like that to be great so um rewarding it is sort of like set not settling but just like obvious mm-hmm. I want to move down the line here a little bit um Star Wars is nominated for two things here the last Jedi uh, original score and visual effects, which I understand. Obviously, John Williams' original score, like, yeah. Um, and then the visual effects in the bottom area. Yeah, it wasn't nominated for anything else, though. So. <laughs> well, uh, original score for me was, I would give it to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good music. It's John Williams. Well, I don't know. I yeah. I really like the the music in Star Wars. Like makes you go, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's a great it's a great original score. But like if like, let me just see, was sound design okay? Yeah, Dunkirk was nominated for sound design. Like I wouldn't nominate Dunkirk for original score, but I would like I would consider Dunkirk a pretty heavy contender in the sound design because like that was tense. You know, hit the sound design of it. For me, if it doesn't win sound design, I'm going to riot because that the sound design in that film, um, yeah. granted, I saw it in the IMAX where it was like, I don't want to well, sound yeah. pretentious, but it was like meant, 90% of it was designed to be heard that way. So, mm-hmm. but like that movie, the sound is so, I've never been, I, I, I um, have... Uh, loud noise sensitivity and I've never been so prepared to shit my pants from from a sound 
as frequently in a movie as I was with Dunkirk. I expected every corner me to just be jumping out of my wheelchair, and that was almost the case. Yeah, uh, Dunkirk. I recall this is the the one the most important thing in my opinion that I took out of that film when I came out of the theater was the sound because it had a lot of moments where the sound of something that's not on a screen is so they made it so significant. You hear the sound of a distant plane, and immediately you're like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" Yeah. But you don't you don't know if the plane's friendly or if it's an enemy. It's just as soon as you hear that engine noise, you're immediately going, "Oh no, no, what's gonna happen?" You know? Yeah, you're like panicking. Yeah, you're automatically panicking. The movie sets it up as like this ominous threat, and they do that so much in a movie, it, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've uh, I've moved like all um, the way down to the comments and it's somehow <laughs> worth a read because people are getting like. So people are getting super upset over like absolutely nothing. But this this guy literally wrote out like this entire list of people who should have been nominated. And there's it's, there's like probably like fifty names on here at least of people this guy thinks should be nominated. Yeah, I, and at I the see bottom, this. Tom Cruise, American Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? Like, it's Patrick Stewart, Logan, Hugh Jackman, Logan. The Oscars are very much like a contrived sort of representation of the film industry because, like, there's so many films that came out this year and so many aren't represented. It's It's kind of like, okay, let's take the best in like, yeah, let's take the best top ten films and just make the nominees out of that because we can't be bothered. I you know, like, I'm not not saying that like artsy fartsy films are bad. Like, I I appreciate them, but it's kind of like. It's kind of what it is in a lot of senses, but I I still do. Yeah. It's not that I don't appreciate those films, but um, you're right in saying that it's it's underrepresent underrepresented. They might even like I'm 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 not like just to just to like put it out there. Um, it might potentially be a good idea to include like separate categories as well, or add categories or something, because now we're at a point where there's so much stuff being made. Um, and everything is good in its own way. You can't expect like an action movie to like. You can't expect like John Wick to be put up for Best Picture. It was really good as an action movie, but it's not like a Best Picture nomination. So it's almost like it's time to add separate categories so movies like some more yeah, variety so for like, like the summer Wick. blockbuster or something. Yeah, or something like that. Just anything well, really. also like what one thing that might be nice is to just be like Best Indie Picture best indie like like best indie director how like do you define that section. though like um like a lower budget film that's how you define it based on how well, large the budget was fair, because fair enough. you have you have movies like blade runner 2049 going up against films like ladybird that realistically have completely different yeah. budgets you know what i mean like it doesn't it doesn't really does it's not really fair to put them up against each other if that makes sense oh um, totally I, I, I don't know, like, I, like, Mad Max that was nominated like a couple years ago, thing, and, like, it? it used to be only five, it, it only, it was nominated for a bunch of shit, it was nominated for, like, Best Picture, like, a oh, lot like of the technical awards, I don't think it was nominated for any acting or anything. Production okay. design, okay. costume design, but, I think it was. But, but, like, Best Picture used to be only five, so, like, like that's the reason they expanded to ten, was to represent a lot more, like, I don't know, I, I think the system is pretty good as what it is, mm-hmm. um, that's just I'm, I don't know. That's just me. I don't think I think once you kind of like break it down to like best movie what under five million, best movie over five million. I, I think it kind of just like muddies the water. I kind of like how everything's just like you no. Know, if you make a good film, it's a good it's a good film. It's up against other things because like money doesn't say, necessarily equate. I would say something like quality. Along the lines of like under like I know you paid five million. It's like a random number, but I feel like you could go like a lot lower, like best film produced for under like. 50 grand or 30 grand like something like super tiny and then see what people can do with that because like i mean there's a whole group of people level of people that are just they're just shadowed by like these these giants yeah and um and then every once in a while like a movie will kind of pop through like uh, a good example would be juno which is kind of like when people say indie movie well that's the the quintessential indie movie um and 
that actually made it yeah, pretty far well, yeah in terms of popularity exactly. and like widespread knowledge of it um yeah but so much stuff gets, well yeah and like, i mean thrown, like like just not thrown but like it's 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 hidden almost like it's hard to find yeah, yeah and i mean like i feel like that's where other festivals come mm. into <laughs> like um the oscars the oscars can't represent everybody but but they, they but they, they, they have a pretty good they have a pretty good gathering here i'd say well i mean for for a for a for an organization that stands as like the mountain to get to the top of they i can make an argument for they should rent rent represent the uh represent the small guy a little bit better mm-hmm. just to show like look anybody can climb the mountain at least once that's true that's, that's an interesting way of putting putting it um because i feel like because a lot of these big name pictures like i feel like it might be possible that um like while some of them will do like will try new things or they'll do something uh, a little bit unconventional. I feel like you see a lot of like new um, interesting ways to approach film and like cinematography, uh, sound, editing, whatever it is um, in indie films. Uh, you see a lot of more exper- experimentation, I feel. Um, maybe I'm just speculating. Uh, well, actually, no, I am speculating, but um, it's, <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's like, a lot of that can get missed out on because someone could have someone could come up with these brilliant like cinematographic um like ideas and and content and then it, it could be worthy of an oscar because it's it's so it's so brilliant and never before seen um but then it would never get up there because there's all these big name movies mm-hmm. all right everybody <laughs> We're going to take a uh, short break for intermission and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
we're gonna move on from talking about the Oscars, and we're gonna uh, se- uh, segue into our audience favorite section. Um, first up is this is not happening. Uh, that's my pick for the week, and this is not happening is I discovered it on a clip on YouTube the other day from Comedy Central. I just want to clear clear out I found it legally. Um, and it's basically a, a show where stand-up comedians come up and they tell one story. They don't do bits. They don't do uh, a set. They just come up and they tell a story of five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever length they each need to tell their story. And um, it's really interesting to watch um, masters of their craft take a through line and make you laugh, put you on the edge of your seat dramatically, and cr- and cry all in the service of getting a solid laugh. Um, the, the clips I saw were of Doug Stanhope telling a great story, and strangely enough, Andrew W.K., who is one of my favorite musicians, and my second favorite, Andrew. I won't tell you who my first is, you'll have to guess. Um, and the show it's just it's really interesting it's it's quirky I'd never heard of it before I highly recommend it it's Andrew Garfield it is so it's, like, it's actually Andrew Jackson the president former president of the United States no I'm kidding it's not so it's like 40 seconds with Mitch but like Mitch has been doing it for 20 years <laughs> I mean if you want to cheap plug our own show sure <laughs> hey man Whatever pays the bills. Right, exactly. <laughs> not that we're making any money off this yet. So, like, seems, so not this. <laughs> that seems cool. And uh, Miles, just forgive me if you already said this, but uh, where can you find the show? Uh, Comedy Central okay. in the States. I'm not sure where. I'm not sure if it airs on the Comedy Network in Canada, but I discovered clips on Comedy Central's website and through their YouTube channel. Okay, cool. Awesome. Nice. Um, okay. I guess... I guess Will, do you want to go? I, I know I'm next, next, but uh, do you want to go next, Will? Supernatural. Yeah. 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 It's uh, if you haven't seen Supernatural, okay, it is amazing. Well, I see ghosts all the time, dude. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> uh, no, but the Supernatural basically it's the it's the story of these two brothers. Um, who actually I can't even really say story because this the real story I have to feel like the the planned story for the series was kind of finished in like five seasons and now we're on season 12 so I will say it follows to I think it's season 12 now but yeah it it follows these two brothers um and the universe they live in is one where monsters are real um like ghosts are real vampires are real uh and and that kind of thing like uh angels and demons are real um they play a big part in the show um and it's basically them uh not only struggling sometimes with the relationship is with as brothers uh but also like struggling with the fact um that they feel like it's on them a lot of the time to like save the world save these people and it's it's like really hard on them uh and it always takes their toll um but it's it's really it's a really cool show, and if you haven't seen it, it's it's definitely worth watching. Uh, it's kind of a rabbit hole because once you start watching, like there's there's like twelve seasons, like I said, uh, so it can be hard to watch all that. Actually, personally, I haven't actually I'm not fully caught up on the show because uh, I made like season ten, I think, and then it's and then I had to stop for a while, and I was able to get back into it. Um, but overall, it's it's a really really good show, uh, really well written really clever uh really funny um there's ac- actually there's a there's an episode one of my favorite ones um actually one of my many favorites is uh there's an episode where they leave their universe like in the show uh sam and d and the two brothers and then they get put into a different universe where they're the actors on the show supernatural so they're acting as themselves trying to act it's like super meta and it's 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 really interesting, and it's it's one of probably one of the best shows, um, one of the best episodes in the series. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say check it out because it is this fantastic. Cool. Yeah, my sister really likes that show. She went through a binge watch of it 
for like a long time. It always it's, looked really cool and like very dramatic. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is. It's it has like the major feels moments a lot of the time. Yeah. It's on Netflix, yeah. It is on Netflix. Cool. So I feel like um, it's important that we tell people where they can find stuff. That's true. Uh yeah, go watch it on Netflix. Um and then when you're done watching all the episodes in like a year, uh there'll probably be another season out, so you'll have more. So that's something at least. Won't get cancelled. Uh or I hope it won't. Wasn't it already <laughs> cancelled once? No, no. No, oh, I thought I, it I had been. It was. Uh, and then renewed. It had, it's basically like a cult following at this point. It might have, maybe it switched channels. Like it's like another uh, like TV channel picked it up or another production company or whatever picked it up. Um, but no, it's it's been going strong for like a long time. I think it's like kind of a cult following uh, because the people like, people just love this show. Um, but yeah, worth watching. All right. Cool. Cool. So my uh, audience favorite of this week is um, a kind of like a, a large clump of films by director Hayao Miyazaki, who is a uh, Japanese uh, writer and director who specifically writes and directs for anime. Um, I don't know if he's done much live action, but like he's very famous for his animated works. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he has, but like he might have done like some, but he, he's known for his anime uh, and animation, like, um, motion pictures. Um, I was looking at, like, one of my favorite ones recently on IMDb. Uh, it's called Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, and uh, that nice. wasn't in the, the show notes. But that's actually a 1984 film. Um, so if you actually watch it now, um, and I and I watched it recently on DVD, and I, I was, like, watching it, and I was like, this isn't even like this really holds up like weirdly enough um and uh also specifically kind of what i wanted to talk about was uh uh princess mononoke and spirited away which are two kind of like more of his well-known films uh princess mononoke less so but everyone who has heard of Hayao miyazaki at least has heard of his uh motion picture spirited away uh which is um which is about a 10 year old girl who kind of like wanders into this spirit world and like her, her parents get kind of like they turn into pigs and they kind of like get taken into the spirit realm. So she has to like work in the spirit world until she can find out a way to like free them of their curse and like return home with them. Um, By the end of the film, it's like seasons later and like a lot of time has passed by the time that she actually ends up achieving um, her goals. And it's very like trippy like as a young kid when i was watching it i was like really scared all the time i was like what's this ghost and like what's happening but like when you watch it as an adult there's like so much going on thematically and like with characters um there's like this one boy character uh that she meets um that is like a shape-shifting dragon and like i don't know it's just so cool like anything's possible in animated films and i really like that about them um narratively too like he incorporates a lot of like uh nicely uh worked in political commentary like um the parents turning into pigs for example like a commentary on like consumerism culture and then like in princess mononoke and oscar of the valley of the wind um very much uh the battle of humans versus nature and humans versus humans over power against nature um and about how eventually nature will have to take over everything and like completely destroy itself so that it can grow again and those themes are really prevalent in his films and i don't know i think no matter how long it's been since he's produced them they still like hold up today because of the content and how relevant they are so that is my audience favorite of the week you can't really find them on netflix or anything like that you kind of have to go and buy the films um they're on dvd and vhs i used to have them all on vhs and then i upgraded to the dvd copies um and i think you can probably stream them online if you can't find them um anywhere else but i highly recommend that you guys at least if you haven't seen spirited away you should watch it and then once you watch that watch princess mononoke so that you kind of get into it because i think spirited away is more accessible as a film really 
they they also helped they also helped with um Nino Kuni, if you've ever heard of that game. Oh, did yes. they? they did animation for that and it's really, 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 really good. Yep. They help with uh, a lot of the cutscenes. Like Studio Ghibli like Jub- uh, as a whole, you mean? Yes, yeah, Studio Ghibli did yeah, did some of the a lot of the cutscenes for uh Interesting. On a related side note, there's yeah. a great documentary, and I cannot remember the name of it. I think it's in the Garden of Dreams, and it's about Hayao Miyazaki, and it's just like you ever want to get inside the head of an absolute master craftsman. That's it's a fantastic exploration of his. Um, it chronicles the making of his of his last film, The Wind Rises, mm-hmm. and the and the production process of it, and it's just fascinating to watch. I um among many hats that I wear, I I am an animator as well, and it's so for me to sort of sit there and watch someone that I look up to so reverently, almost more than Walt Disney, um. To, to get a chance to go inside his head creatively for me is was like wonderful. I highly recommend watching it as well. Totally. That's cool. Oh, he's got a he's got an animated film in pre production right now called Borrow the Caterpillar. It's supposed to come out in twenty nineteen. That's exciting. Didn't he retire he for did. a yeah, that bit, was, but then came back? The Wind Rises was his last before yeah, uh, just to comment a little bit, to backtrack to your uh, the two movies that you mentioned. Those are the only two Miyazaki mm-hmm. movies that I've actually seen. Um, I, I watched. Um, what was the other one that you said? Yeah, uh, Spirited Away. Okay, and Spirited Away. I saw Spirited Away in graphics class. It makes sense. Yeah, graphics class uh, in high school. And back then, I had no clue who he was. I obviously I knew what anime was, but I was just like, oh, an anime, cool. And I watched it, and the entire time I was like, why, what, why is there a, a big baby? <laughs> oh my god. A big nose lady. Oh my god, there's those, two big nose those ladies. Little, those little what the heads fuck's that go, happening? Oi, 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 and they like roll around and like climb on each other. Yeah. And then the ghost. And then the ghost who keeps who follows her around. Then it starts eating, and then he gets it's really so monstrous. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then uh, the older I got, the more I realized, oh, their commentary on the world uh, about consumerism and how you know we we just that's all we do. We just keep consuming blindly for the sake of luxury and we don't we don't like, really like take we're them into spirited account, away so. into a fantasy world where everything is given to us but we we're not we're not analyzing yeah. it like and then it's, it, what it means we're just like consuming yeah yeah and it, and I like the uh, inspiration because I've seen a few videos about where Miyazaki gets inspirations for um, each film and if I remember correctly I could be wrong about this and if I am I do apologize um, he got the idea when he hung out with like his niece or something and the niece would get bored in the car when they would drive around and stuff so and that's kind of the start of the movie right it's just this bored kid looking out a window she doesn't really want to be there it's uh, you know another trip with my parents so little things like that like how where Miyazaki gets his ideas yeah. from they're, I just really sent a photo here in our discord um, one of the covers of like my other favorite one by him is called Howl's Moving Castle have you guys seen that one? yeah it's a gooder <laughs> no but I, I, I'm aware, oh, I'm aware we should of watch it, that. No. my gosh it's so good I really like that one um, it's more romantic uh, than some of his other films I think like in terms of like kind of the themes but yeah anyways that's enough about animated movies for now but yeah that that was something I wanted to bring up because those those films hold a special place in my heart like I grew up watching those since I was little so yeah guys all right nice. um crime wave Jermel. So, um, my pick for this week is Crime Wave. It is a movie made by a man named John Pace. He he was, like from here, he is, <clears throat> like around this time, the movie was made in Winnipeg. And it's shot also entirely in Winnipeg and in areas where, um, you know, are still around now. So it's kind of cool. The Crime Wave is a movie about 
a guy named Steven who's trying to make a movie, uh, a color crime genre movie, um, but he can't figure it out. He has a lot of beginnings and endings, but the middles the character of Steven struggles with. Uh, but he finds this little girl um, who lives in uh, like in the next door to him. And uh, he and the girl, him and the girl kind of form a, a weird friendship, almost borderline creepy, but not quite because Steven's character doesn't speak at all throughout the whole movie. Um, so anyway, the, he, he forms a friendship with this little girl and then they, they kind of have little um, writing adventures together and they get to know each other. The, and there was even like one scene where she invites him to go to a Halloween party, which is like one of my favorite parts of the movie because everyone, the, that whole sequence is super awful. <laughs> like, like ethically speaking. Um, yeah, from like an ethical standpoint and political standpoint because the girl's parents show up as Native Americans dressed up as like, you know, those um, stereotypical Indians that they show in old movies where they're wearing feathers and then they have like really weird face paints. That's how they show up as and they're both and they're both no. white <laughs> parents. And then and then slowly after they walk into the party Steven walks in and he's dressed up as a terrorist who bombed a bank <laughs> uh, two weeks ago according to the movie <laughs> so he dressed up as a terrorist <laughs> so anyway oh, yeah. wow. now the movie isn't all like that but it has a very dark and eerie humor it's very um, I don't know explain it it's very it's, Winnipeg it's very honestly. Winnipeg and it's That's very David to... it's a little David Lynch who uh, yeah, it's a it's like if David Lynch was from Winnipeg, it would be this movie. Uh, the nice the, the thing that I like about it is it was one of the movies that two years ago, no, I guess two and a half years ago now, when I was just new to filmmaking, it was one of the movies that I that really made me go, huh? It made filmmaking seem doable because that movie was made just you know he was like our age at that time. He had a part-time job. He filmed on weekends. He rented a camera from the film group, and that was it. He and then he used people he knew locally to make a film, and that's that's very relatable to I guess pretty much everyone here in this podcast. Am Absolutely, I, I no, you're wrong. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Why do you yeah, always exactly. have to dissent, so, Miranda? Sorry, I'm just memeing. <laughs> Go on, Jamel. So. Anyway, and that's why it kind of holds a special place uh, to me because you know it inspired me to go. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make a movie. I actually made two shorts like that's heavily inspired by that um, that film. And another thing that made me really like it is, I guess, this isn't about the movie anymore. This is more of a backstory on the film itself. Um, the story of John Pays is kind of it's almost like art imitates life life imitates art that whole idea because in the movie he plays this character trying to make a movie but it fails uh, uh, repeatedly and then in the end when it does succeed he's still not happy in the end because it, it still doesn't fulfill what he wants um, so it, it really it doesn't really lead him anywhere so yeah, he makes this movie that's you know well liked and well received, but it doesn't really do anything for him in the end. That's that's within that's in the movie. In real life, the guy who plays Steven and also the guy who directs this movie, that happened to him. That exact thing that he told in the movie, it happened to him in real life. So I don't know. I think that's kind of really interesting how he had this movie about. A guy making a movie who fails and succeeds, but then lead goes nowhere. I think it's kind of interesting how that exact thing mm. happens to him, where he makes a movie called Crime Wave, and then you know it gets into TIFF. It was called something else back then. It wasn't called TIFF yet, but you know it, once he got to TIFF, the projector failed, so people liked it, but they didn't get to see the ending because a lot of them kind of lost interest and walked out of the theater. And in the end, the movie didn't really do much for his career. It kind of just died while he was trying to make a name for himself. And 
that was that. You know, it's it's out there in public now. It's uh, you can get it on DVD, like the film group, or uh, digitally on iTunes. But like that, this was 35 years ago, so obviously this isn't doing him any favors right. anymore. And I just think that's super interesting, and how I don't know, just the whole art imitates life, or life imitates art idea. It happened with this one. It was just so meta, and that's why I really liked it. Because that's something that could totally yeah. happen to any it's of us. It's almost super yeah. wacky when I watched it, and I thought it was super hilarious, but also really cool. Um, I uh, I didn't get it, and I'm not I'm not just saying that to be I just I was like, okay, I see why people get it and see why people like it, but I'm like, nah, it's not my bag. If you guys want to learn more about Crime Wave, shameless plug, our old prof, uh, Jonathan Ball, wrote a book all about it. You can buy it on Amazon for, like, under 30 bucks. (laughs) Do it. Do it. Do it. You got to do it right now. University of Winnipeg. Anyways, going to move on to Luke with Get Out. Yeah. Yeah, the movie I'm talking about is Get Out. It's... We were kind of talking about it earlier because it came out this last year. I watched it again. Uh, this is my second time watching it, and I just – I really like this movie. I don't know. Um, I, I like it because in my eye, I can tell that it was directed by a, a comedic director, if that makes sense. Like it, it's – for anyone who doesn't know, yes. for anyone who, who doesn't know uh, what, what it's about, it's about like uh, a, a black guy who's, mood, who's meeting his white girlfriend's family, and it deals with racism and that uh, kind of – uh, yeah, I guess racism, and um, it's 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 a horror movie. But like, some of the best parts in the movie is when he finds comedic parts in it. I don't know. Like, there's 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 one scene where it's the the main character starting to realize that uh, perhaps the, his fa- uh, the family of his of his girlfriend um, <laughs> is super racist, might be trying to kill him, and. For, he's he's talking to a character, and for some reason, there's just two really white guys in the background playing badminton, and I don't know why, but it's my favorite scene in the movie, just because the white guys look so so dorky. I don't, uh, it's I don't like it's 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 a throwaway bit, but like I, you can tell that was a that was a stylistic stylistic choice that he made. Like he's I think I think Jordan Peele's like I think it'll be funny if just two really lame white guys are playing badminton in the background. Um, I don't know who who, who else saw the movie here. I have not seen it. I have not either. I have I, I have seen, You've seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, I really like it. It's uh, I also spoiler warning. Um, with one of the main characters is totally the fat comedic relief character, and he's hilarious. And he kind of saves the day. <laughs> he shows up and kind of saves the main character. So like I just I, I like how the fat comedic relief character is just like he's not just like a throwaway character. He's not just like oh you're only here to get laughs. Like he's actually integral to the plot and. Uh, yeah, it saves a day. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, it's it, I mean, it's 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 a super fun movie. I, it, it's it doesn't sound like it's a fun movie, but it's just like I I I, I enjoyed watching it. And it just like, it, it opened my eyes to a uh, to a lot of I guess things I wasn't aware of, like things that like like aren't overtly racist that they have to deal with. It's like like I think a lot of that is gone, but like underlying racism that's still lot like is still present today. Yeah. Um, that the movie that the movie presents. Um I don't know. Go watch it. It's nominated for a bunch of shit. The actor was really good in it, the lead. Um yeah. And we'll yeah. Do you think it's do you think in a weird way? Like or I guess I shouldn't say weird way, but like um like I haven't seen it yet, but do you think it's gonna be like one of those movies that like everybody should watch because of its commentary? Um in a way that like people should watch it just to like have that ex- have like experience it and like maybe like you said it made you think about things differently. Do you think it's it works in that way where people should watch it? Um I I can see that I, I could see, I could see that, but like I wouldn't recommend someone just to go see a movie just because of the message. It has to be still a really good movie, and it it's it still holds up. Like even if you took any sort of messaging out and you just saw it just like a kind of a creepy horror movie, it's still really 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 good. So like anyone who's a horror uh, fan of horror movies, or uh, I guess just 
movies that I guess make a point. I should say. Oh well, yeah, I was just yep. watching the trailer actually as like just as you were talking, kind of like really quiet, and I can see what you're talking about, like the subtlety of like the just like stuff that a black guy might have to deal with meeting his white girlfriend's family, and then the the scene in the trailer with the the police officer as well when they yep. uh when they get um, in the car accident i was like oh damn that's actually that's that's very much a thing that would happen and like it sucks and, and it asks like it, it presents a lot of uncomfortable things um that like me as a white person i i i are uncomfortable things that i have to ask myself um i don't really want to give a lot of it away but like it um yeah it it kind of draws a parallel between like m man and like animal, I guess, and it like presents a lot of weird weird things. I mean, go watch it; huh. it's really good. I'm gonna have to check it out. Finally, it's been on my list forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, like so my comment for that film would be, he, like Jordan Peele, he by here. <laughs> um, Jordan Peele, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, is a comedic writer, and for you know non film script writer listener as opposed film and horror i mean film and horror yeah film and horror horror and film uh and comedy and film use very similar elements in terms of how they execute things right. and you did this really well actually luke in your short uh the, your 48 hour it's a horror he's in a horror setting but it's super funny yeah like with uh fried scarce is fried oh, I forgot yeah that's that's it. the name of it yeah yeah yeah, and you 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 do that really well in your short because then horror and comedy use the same elements except the only difference is in comedy you have a funny punchline in horror you have a scare at the end but they use the same build up they use the same sort of suspense yeah you know, build, like suspense and expectations and, and playing off your expectations yeah, yeah. they're they're, they're yeah. very similar they have the whole um, setup reinforcement payoff yeah. except you just you just um, fill in those blanks with. Uh, horror elements yeah. or comedy elements, but they use that same sort of mm -hmm. that sort of structure. And I think that's why Get Out works really well, is because Jordan Peele is first and foremost a comedic actor slash director writer. I mean, he had Keen Peele, he was on Mad TV, um, and so he's a super funny guy just by default. So I think it works because he's still employing those same comedic tactics, but he's now trying to give you a scare. Because yeah. in comedy too, and and they do this a lot in in, in Keen Peele their comedy has a lot of political commentary behind it in their sketch sketches yeah. a lot of black commentary a lot of race commentary a lot of political uh, satire so he's still doing that except now he's trying to scare you and I think that's why it works really well um, but yeah no I'm just that would just be my comment on it yeah no I, I agree cool alright watch it yeah watch it where can they find it it's out on like blu-ray and stuff all right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Um, we will be back next week. Hopefully Mitch will be joining us again um, if we're not all dying from filming. And uh, I've been your host today. My name is Miranda. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Miranda Morose. Morose is spelled M-O-R-O-Z or Z if you're American. Uh, I'll hand it over to Miles. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on social media at MilesManT. That's M-Y-L-E-S-M-A-N-T. And Will? Um, yeah, I don't really have a Twitter. And I don't really use Instagram that much. But you can find me, I think it's William Clip on Instagram. Look at my zero pictures and enjoy them. So, um, yeah, you can f find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Vimeo uh, my social media is uh, Jermel underscore P my Vimeo is Vimeo.com slash Jermel Pasco you can see my short films there and yeah I also have a Vimeo I forgot about it it's uh, Vimeo.com slash Miranda Bros. we'll put links uh, in the show okay, notes okay Luke you go now um, yeah you can find me on uh, Twitter I am Lukey Lunchables L-U-K-E-Y L-U-N-C-H-A-B-L-E-S that's a great don't, handle. Don't. It's a long story. Um, uh, you can find me on Insta, uh, Instagram at uh, Luke Roach 1992, and uh, yeah, Luke Roach on Vimeo, and at the Super Bowl, baby. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's a wrap. Bye. Woo. Bye. Bye.
Hey everybody, it's Miles from the Around the Craft Table team and you've just heard episode 2. Why isn't there Jesus Merchant Hot Topic? This week's episode was executive produced and directed by Miranda Moroj. It was also executive produced by myself and featured segments from our segment producers Will Clipstein, Jermel Pasqua, Miranda Moroj, myself, and Luke Roach. The episode was also mixed by me at SoundLogic Studios. This week's episode featured music from Lakey Inspired. Links to his music will be in the show notes. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and stick around for next week's when we'll have a special guest 